Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, this is Lee Bright filling in for Tara this morning. I keep hearing all this American Girl stuff. I am not identifying as a woman. I'm filling in for Tara. I will never identify as a woman, just so you know. But uh, I wanted to uh, bring in Rick Brundrett with the nerve. He's got a lot that uh, to unpack for us today. So, uh, Rick, you on the line? Yes, sir. So, t- so tell us what you can about this uh, scout deal that that uh, forty-two of our state senators voted for, and most of our House members. Well, uh, as you point out, uh, back in uh, nearly a year ago, uh, in March, in uh, blazing fast uh, uh, time, the legislature uh, passed a uh, massive uh, appropriations bill just for Scout Motors. Um, the total package was around close to $1.3 billion, with a B, uh, of which nearly $1.1 billion was uh, essentially a, a direct grant um, out of state surplus funds uh, to be given to the Department of Commerce um, for the project. And as I've reported repeatedly uh, since last year, that one point, nearly $1.3 billion works out to be about $240 for every man, woman, and child in the state of South Carolina. Um, in October of last year, I did a pretty in-depth piece looking at the secrecy around the entire project, and as part of that, I reported that the, and this is based on internal documents that I had received under the Freedom Information Act, that the state of Mississippi was believed then by South Carolina officials as the other finalist state for the project. Now, Scout Motor says it's going to create 4,000 jobs and invest $2 billion uh, in an electric vehicle assembly plant um, at Blythewood in Richland County. Um, but as I reported last year, just as an aside, under the state incentive agreement that I received under the Freedom Information Act, they only have to do a minimum of $400 million and 400 uh, jobs um, to get a number of benefits. Um, I also reported that um, you say, well, what about the difference? Who makes up the difference? Well, under the state incentives agreement, uh, things called counted suppliers and affiliates could make up the difference in those 
job and job, you know, investment numbers. On top of that, as many as 400 workers could be what called badge employees, which are um, classified as janitors and cafeteria workers, security officers uh, employed by third parties. So when you get into the, uh, as the old saying goes, the devil in the details, you find out that um, these companies, including Scout Motors, uh, have to do a whole lot less, essentially, to get uh, a lot of taxpayer-backed incentives. Now, as part of that October story, uh, as I said, the state of Mississippi was believed to be the other finalist state. So as a follow-up, I submitted a Freedom of Information Act request, essentially an open records request under state of Mississippi laws, to see what documents uh, I could obtain. And they eventually provided me um, what's called, uh, I like to refer to it as the secret sauce document. Uh, formally, it's called a request for proposal. Essentially what it is, and this is commonly done by major corporations, companies that want to locate or expand in South Carolina, it's an incentives wish list. It's, it's not one page, it's many pages where they, you know, give a detailed list of what, you know, what exactly they're looking for out of states. And then they just, you know, wait and see what these states, you know, fill in the blanks on these wish lists and see which one, in, in their opinion, in their view, you know, offers the best deal. So uh, what I found was when Mississippi released its uh, RFP for short to me, it, it showed that they, their state officials were willing to give $150 million uh, through special legislation, which means our, you know, South Carolina legislature uh, and was willing, you know, essentially approved seven times more uh, for this one project than what um, the state, you know, of Mississippi's legislature was willing to give. And on top of all that, what Mississippi was willing to do uh, for that money was not just for an assembly plant, but for also for a battery plant, you know, to go along with it. So, you know, we approved a, a billion dollars plus, more than a billion dollars for an assembly plant compared to Mississippi offering $150 million for an assembly plant, you know, and, a, and also a battery plant. So... And and I I know that it, I, I read the article. There was there was something about the money that was spent on entertainment to try to bring these people after we, after we it appears we overpaid. <laughs> what, what was the, what was the uh, the whining and dining sessions? Well, that- we probably, there were a lot of whining and dining going on. Um, there was whining, uh, you know, uh, there was whining and dining going on beforehand. There was a secret, ex- you know went, you know, dinner, uh, you know, at Williams Bryce football stadium that involved, uh, the governor and commerce officials and scout officials and local officials. Um, there was a separate, you know, uh, you know, you know at least uh, one, you know, meeting, uh, at the governor's mansion, uh, involving the governor and, and also, you know, um, scout, scout officials. Um, there were, you know, phone calls, you know, between, uh, you know, the governor and, and top legislative leaders on this. And, and the whole point of this is that 
and, and this is not uncommonly um, with these incentives deals, is that there's so much secrecy and behind closed door um, negotiations going on, and the and the citizens and taxpayers are left in the dark uh, until they, of course, quickly approve something, and then it's after the fact. Well, you know, that, and I, I spoke on that a little bit earlier. I mean, that that's the role, especially of the Senate, to, to be deliberative about these things. And that thing went through. How many? How long did it take for the Senate to pass it? Well, I mean, the whole the whole deal. It started out. Um, it, it it started out as what we call uh, early last year's what I would call a placeholder type bill, where you really don't know what it is, but something there, and then it. After Scout made its formal public announcement on March 3rd, within a, a couple weeks, the legislature took it up, um, revamped, you know, the, what I call the placeholder bill, and then boom, in one week, it got through both chambers. So, in one week, okay, and you, as you well know, Lee, okay, most things in the legislature take a whole lot longer to get through than one week. Rick, 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 Brunette with the nerve. Can, can I keep you through the break and let's talk about judicial reform? Sure. And keep in mind, one week to give away one point three billion dollars. It's been, I think, ten years working on constitutional carry. Going into the break, we'll have Rick Brunette with the nerve on the other side. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Hello, this is Lee Bright uh, filling in for Tara this morning, and uh, we've got uh, Rick. Uh, Rick, pronounce your bad last name because I'm sure I'm butchering it. <laughs> it's Brundrett. Brundrett. Rick Brundrett with The Nerve does a lot of fantastic work. Uh, he's been with The Nerve, I believe, since September 2009. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's when I was uh, hired. We actually launched The Nerve in January of 2010, so we've been in existence for more than 14 years now, and uh, you can easily find us at thenerve.org. Um, we're the um, investigative arm of the South Carolina Policy Council, which is a nonprofit, uh, nonpartisan research organization uh, founded back in 86 and 
You can find them on a separate website at uh, scpolicycouncil.org. So judicial reform, uh, you know, we've got a, uh, I don't it's a lot to unpack, the Judicial Screening Committee. When I was in the Senate, I sponsored a bill to have the governor appoint Senate oversight, which I thought the federal system got that right. But, of course, with our current governor and our current Senate, we we might even be worse than we are now with who they'd put in. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, uh, yes, and the Policy Council uh, uh, would like ultimately South Carolina's judicial uh, selection system to be modeled after the federal government, governor appointment with Senate confirmation. Uh, What we have now is, as you well know, um, South Carolina and Virginia are the only states in the nation where the legislatures play a primary role in selecting judges. And, um, you know, it goes back to our own constitution. in, in article one, it, it says we have three separate and distinct branches, but it doesn't say they're co-equal. And so what does that mean? Well, <laughs> as you well know, uh, uh, the legislature essentially controls the show in South Carolina, and that includes the judiciary. And um, we tried voters back in 96, um, approved a constitutional amendment to try to limit in some ways the the legislature's power in selecting judges they said well you can only legislature you can only elect those lawmakers those uh, judicial candidates who are nominated by a a judicial screening uh, committee known as the judicial merit selection commission uh what happened was however the legislation the what as you know the enabling legislation that was passed the following year uh, I call it, it enabled the legislature to essentially take control of the judiciary through that process, allow, you know, requires that six of the 10 members be lawmakers. And the appointments are controlled by just three lawmakers, half of whom are appointed by the House Speaker, the other, uh, another, and three of those have to be lawmakers. Three of them are appointed by the Senate Judiciary Committee chairman, and those three have to be senators, and then the last two are appointed by the Senate president. So uh, currently what we have right now uh, is a, you know, uh, for short, the JMSC, you know, controlled by lawyer lawmakers. All, all six, you know, lawmakers are lawyers. Um, more than, you know, 30% right now of the entire uh, legislature are lawyers. And I can guarantee you that, you know, <laughs> Uh, of all the occupations in the state of South Carolina, 30% are not lawyers. So they're overrepresented in the legislature. Were you, were you – and I'm trying to think of what year I did that. When I tried to rescind the slate for the Supreme Court nominee, were you were you there when I did that in the joint session? What year was that, Lee? I, I think it was 2009. It was, I, I believe it was 2009. It might have been 10. I'm, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I mean – it was, it, was, it was Hearn. It was when Hearn was up. Okay, and her husband was yeah. a, was a legislator. Exactly, and I've written about that. And I and I went uh, to the floor, and and I I moved to have the slate rescinded because Bruce Williams they did not screen him out, and he'd been screened out prior. Right. So I moved to rescind the slate, and you know how many votes I got out of one hundred and seventy? <laughs> I think it was twenty two. Right. But do you know how many lawyers walked up to me? Several lawyers after the vote said, "Lee, you're exactly right. This is a terrible system." But as a lawyer, I could not vote against a future sitting Supreme Court judge. 
Right. They're all scared. Okay. Um, they're all, they're all scared. And, and, you know, um, and critics have said the, the problem is that it creates, you know, either apparent or actual conflicts of interest. Um, right now, fast forward, um, uh, I wrote a piece on the day that judicial elections were scheduled to be held February, you know, just this past February 7th, um, but they were postponed. Um, uh, Senator Wes Clymer, uh, Republican of York, it threatened to filibuster uh, all the elections unless, you know, uh, there was judicial reform. And um, so that, uh, the House side said, uh, you know, uh, well, we want to, you know, we want all these elections to go through. The Senate said, um, the Senate's position was, well, um, no, not until we have judicial reform. Maybe the only one we'll let through uh, to have fill a seat would be for the Chief Justice. That's up for this year. And that had been, you know, uh, Justice, you know, um, Kittredge is expected to be next Chief Justice. But that's it. But neither chamber could agree on each other's uh, concurrent resolutions. And so the whole thing is unraveled. And right now we're in limbo. Well, well James, we- James Smith, a hard left liberal from Columbia, right. well, they were going to put on the bench. I mean, right. it's obscene. He's, uh, he's only nominated uh, a candidate uh, uh, left, you know, for a Fifth Circuit judgeship. And 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 I wrote a, uh, on that when I wrote that piece on February. So I pointed out, uh, at least in recent years, you know, roughly a dozen examples of ex-lawmakers who are on the bench at various levels from the Supreme Court on down to magistrates. I pointed out another, you know, 10 examples of of judges of, you know, who are uh, either relatives or former legal associates of either current or sitting lawmakers. So there's a lot of, you know, there's just a lot of insider, you know, favoritism going on um, in terms of who, you know, sits on, who sits on the bench. And, um, well, well, I, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate you getting the word out. We got, we got another break, but, but I thank you for coming on the show. And, no, it, and if people want to take action, they can go to the scpolicycouncil.org. There was a, a, a an action page that was created. Uh, folks can sign a petition. It makes it easy to contact their uh, lawmakers um, and to, to question them about what's going on with judicial reform. Well, Rick, thanks for all you do, and uh, I don't host much, but hopefully next time I do, we can get you on again and tell more about what's going on in Columbia, and, and you're an excellent resource, so uh, thank you for coming on the show. All right. Thank you for having me, Lee. Appreciate it. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Hello, this is Lee Bright filling in for Tara. I've got uh, Brian Alverson on the line. I believe he's a candidate for county council over in Spartanburg going after the big spenders. Brian, tell me all about it. 
Uh, yes, Lee. They, uh, you know, I, uh, I've been enjoying listening to you this morning uh, with the uh, Mark Corral uh, about the abortion issue. And uh, I know Matt Brock's a young man over in our way that uh, helps with that organization, too. So appreciate you giving them some time to talk about the issue of life. But, yeah, uh, the, you know, government is big, whether it's in Washington, Columbia, or even Spartanburg. Uh, they like spending taxpayer money. Uh, and, and raising taxes when they need more money. And, and that's what we, uh, we're going after in Spartanburg County in our run for District 3, Spartanburg County Council versus David Britt. Uh, we feel like they have uh, prostituted the citizens of Spartanburg County, if you will, uh, with uh, the Philo issue, which uh, you, got, you were talking with your previous guests about the uh, Scout Motors down in Columbia. Uh, we've dealt with some of that here with some uh, – corporations and businesses that come into our county where they get huge tax breaks and tax incentives to attract them uh, to Spartanburg County. And, and, and I'm not against business growth. I'm not against that whatsoever. But at the same time, uh, we, we want to – we have a citizenry here that are hardworking people, Lee, and very qualified and intelligent uh, with a lot of ingenuity – and that should be the attraction. We shouldn't have to prostitute our state or our county to attract companies to this county. Well, the, the unemployment is so low, and, and basically by by, bring, by paying businesses to come here, we're going to bring in uh, things that are going to – you know, when you bring in all these people, it, it just cripples your infrastructure, whether it's the schools or the roads. And, you know, it would be one thing if you had all this unemployment, but you don't. And it's just counterintuitive, and it just we're t- what they're trying to do is make Spartanburg, Greenville look like Atlanta. And I don't want to live in Atlanta, and I wish these people would go to Atlanta and leave us alone. Absolutely. Well, you, you brought up the roads, and you and I both know uh, the road tax was passed last November, and Councilman uh, uh, Britt, a week or two prior to the vote in November, went and publicly sought to intimidate or manipulate the citizenry in their voting choices by telling them that if they didn't vote for this road tax, that their property taxes were going to go up. Well, as he said that statement, Lee, he knew the property taxes were already going up. He, he basically lied and deceived the citizenry of this county to intimidate and manipulate their voting choice in regard to the road tax. And I don't know how many people were affected by that, but I'm sure there were some uh, which leads to the fact that I, I think, you know, if we're going to keep coming up with gimmick taxes, I think we need to eliminate property taxes, and that would take care of the philo issue. It would get the government out of our homes and off our property, which you know as well as I do, Marxists are after three things. They're after family, they're after religion, and they're after your property. So if we eliminate the property tax, since they, you know we're a tourist destination, which is what they declared in trying to attract voters to the road tax, they declared this county that 35% of the, the, um, the payment for that tax would come from tourists, which I didn't know Spartanburg was a tourist destination. Uh, but that was one of the issues that they brought up to attract voters to go out and vote for this road tax. And if we are that, if we are a tourist destination, then you know, we, we, we need to eliminate some taxes since we're getting tax money, revenue, if you will, from out-of-state people who's coming into our county. Well, it, it was all just smoke and mirrors. I mean, I tell you, it is. Uh, we're in a bad shape. I mean, you, you, our legislators went down there and fought for money to build a baseball park. They don't care about the roads. They don't care about core government 
services because they feel like the people in Spartburg are suckers and they'll vote for themselves a tax increase when you let their roads get bad enough and won't blame the county council and their legislative delegation and hold them accountable. And, and it's time, I tell you, every time you buy, drive by one Spartanburg, you need to look at it with contempt because that is socialism and communism right here in Spartanburg County. Absolutely. And, I, you know, you, you bring up one Spartanburg, which is the Chamber of Commerce, for those people that may may not be aware of that. <clears throat> I think the American flag needs to be flown in a position of prominence uh, on that property and and as well as the county and the state flags. And they're, they're, they're kind of on the south end side in an obsolete position while you've got international flags flying all over the place, uh, which, you know, feeds into the assertion of a globalism takeover of Spartanburg County. And, and you brought up the roads earlier with these international corporations coming in here. They're, they're getting uh, subsidies and they're getting tax breaks uh, out the wazoo. And yet it's the, it's the trucks that's bringing in the supplies that are helping to destroy the roads. And, and the thing is, they've got the revenue to fix these roads, Lee. They've got it. It's been proven. Uh, we've got a gentleman by the name of Luna Specka and some other people in Spartanburg County that has done fabulous research in regard to this issue. The money is there. They just misappropriate the money or withhold the money uh, for future use for other endeavors that they want. They are there to serve the people of Spartanburg County. They are not, uh, we don't serve them. And, and if you've ever watched Councilman Britt, when he talks to people, he talks to them in a very con, uh, contentious and contemptuous way. And he needs to realize that he's a servant of the people of Spartanburg County. The people of Spartanburg County are not a servant for David Britt. Well, we've got, we've got a real problem in Spartanburg. Our, our, our representation does not match our people. And you know, I think they're they're very confident that they were able to, to, to dupe us and get this one percent. But for our side that gets discouraged, remember that was an off year election, and this is a presidential election. And if people will step forward like you've done and run for county council, you beat a few of those county council members, and they'll straighten out because most of those guys just want to. I mean, what, what? How much do they vote to raise their own pay? What twelve thousand dollars a year they raise their own pay? It, it it was astronomical, and and I think they du- I think they doubled it, and and, and every one of them on the county council voted for it. I think except for one, and I don't believe David Britt was one of those ones. Right, right, and and, and the thing about that Lee is that we 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 have to get these people. Uh, you know, if somebody's not doing their job, if if I if I'm not doing my job, I get fired. If you don't do your job, you get fired. These people aren't doing their job. Let's fire them. I hear people all the time talk about term limits. Term li- we have term limits. If you don't like the job they're doing, you fire them. You don't elect. You don't reelect people, them. People want to just complain, but they're not doing what you, what you're doing, and that's offering themselves for service. People have got to step out and offer the the filing fee is how much is the filing fee for county council? Do you know? Right off the top of my head, it's between eight hundred eight hundred fifty dollars, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it, we'll, we'll have we'll have to check on that. I'm, I'm thinking it's 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 less, but 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 I'm not positive, so we'll have to check on it. Since they raise their pay, I think it's it's tied to pay. I know it is on the the uh, legislative level. It's tied to pay in term, and I think the the Senate I think is about four fifty, and the House is two something, if I remember correctly. But but we're not talking about a fortune here to, to run for office, and there are people in Spartanburg County that can do it. They they want to complain. They want to be upset. But it's time. This is this is a uh, you know this is a, a sport you got to get involved in. But but Brian Alverson, I appreciate you coming on the show. How can people get in touch with you? Well, they can get in touch with me uh, through my Facebook page as well as uh, my phone number, which is eight six four nine zero nine three nine three seven. Either by calling or text. 
Uh, we are in the process of setting up a uh, website right now. Uh, we, we're still in some stages of pulling some things together. I did some uh, door knocking Saturday, uh, not only for myself, but as well as the Trump campaign here in South Carolina, and talked with a lot of people. And, man, they, they are really fed up. And as you said, Lee, we've got to get, you know, one way to guarantee that bad people will serve in office is for good people to not run. That's right. And, that's uh, right. Well, Brian, Brian, I appreciate you coming on the show. Brian Alverson running for county council over in Spartanburg. We're going into a break, and uh, we'll uh, be back shortly. Hello, this is Lee Bright filling in for Tara this morning. Uh, got uh, another caller on the line. Uh, Matt Brock, you on the line? Yes, sir. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Matt. Matt's with Equal Protection. He was listening and, and anchoring to get on for just a few minutes. So uh, get, give us your spill. I know you're working with him as well. Yeah, so I appreciate you uh, letting myself and Mark uh, come on. Mark was it was a perfect time, and he's got a newborn baby, so we were we were trying to time that just right. <laughs> you go take care of his waking up baby. So, um, but I, you you mentioned something, Lee, and I think it's very important for people to hear um, because this is what actually got me to shut my business down and dive into this. Uh, I call it a ministry. It's not political acti- uh, activism. This is this is ministry for me. Um, but what 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 did that was um, when I realized because I picked up the phone and called these folks. I realized that the vast majority of the the organizations, the pro-life organizations in South Carolina, they're not interested in um, establishing equal protection and equal justice for our pre-born neighbors. Um, And they can can spin that, and they'll say it in a way that will trick and fool pastors so that they can keep getting their money, like you said, to keep holding their big banquets and to have the big who's who come into town and hold these big galas. But... If you ask these folks, and I have, um, privately and publicly, when I sit down and I ask uh, the leaders of these organizations, hey, if you could wave a wand tomorrow and your organization could have their way, what would abortion look like in the state of South Carolina? Would, it, would, it, would babies in the womb have equal protection and equal justice under the law? And they, they try to fumble their way through that because they, they don't want to answer that question honestly. Um, but ultimately you keep pulling that back and you, they will tell you, no, we do not believe that, uh, having an abortion should be a criminal offense for the parents. Um, they're fine to an extent with the doctors, but not for the parents. Um, and you mentioned something, um, when you were, when you were wrapping up with Mark, you said it's a shame that South Carolina citizens for life isn't involved with this bill that would actually do that in South Carolina, age 3549. Well, Lee, here's the reality, brother. Uh, South Carolina Citizens for Life is very much involved in this bill, but not in the way that the pro-life people of the state of South Carolina would think. Um, Back in 2022, I had a good friend of mine, Pastor Brian Gunter, who lived in the state of Louisiana. Louisiana was the very first state in the entire country that actually had an equal protection bill make it out of committee and onto the floor of the House of Representatives. And this was going to set the, 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 the bar for other states like South Carolina to say, hey, look, this can be done. Louisiana did it. Let's do what Louisiana did. And um, we had the votes. We poured a, uh, I work at a national level as well with Operation Save America. And uh, we, we poured a lot of time and energy along with other organizations like End Abortion Now, Abolish Abortion Texas. And um, 
we had the votes to get it. Um, it was out of committee, and we had the votes to get it out of the House and to the Senate. This was going to happen. 48 hours before that bill was to go to the House of the the, the floor of the House. Um, at the time, he was not a congressman, or at the time, he was a a congressman. He wasn't the speaker. But Mike Johnson um, actually picked up the phone and called every single one of the people of those legislators that had told us that they were going to push this bill forward and urged them to not do that anymore. Then he goes and he reaches out to um, National Right to Life and all of your big, uh, big wig organizations around the nation. Lee, there were probably 72 or 74 I can't remember, quote, pro-life organizations around the country that drafted a letter and put their name on that letter and sent it to uh, the legislators of uh, Louisiana to kill the only bill um, that's ever made it out of committee in, in, in the United States. And part of that letter, I'm looking at it right now, it says, we will continue to oppose legislative and policy initiatives that criminalize women who seek abortions. So, Citizens for Life, South Carolina Citizens for Life, they are involved in this bill, but their only interest in our bill is in seeing it destroyed and seeing it never see the light of day. And well, so, Lee, it, here's, the, here's the problem. Most of the pro-life, quote, pro-life leaders and uh, legislators in the state of South Carolina, they, we do have some principled men and women in the state. But you, just a minute ago, you were talking about judicial reform, and you said that you were, you were going to push this thing forward and afterwards, you had these lawyers come up and say, hey, man, I agree with you, but if I do that, I'm in trouble, right? We hear that same thing from legislators. Hey, Matt, we agree with you. Hey, Mark, we agree with you. We agree with your position that babies in the womb deserve equal protection and equal justice under the law. But if we support that, we will no longer be endorsed by South Carolina Citizens for Life, and we need that endorsement to keep our seat. So that is the problem. This is why abortion will never end in the state of South Carolina. Um, because the leaders, the, the people that we have hired and outsourced, namely the church, to out, uh, that the church has outsourced to end this child sacrifice in our state, the people that they've hired to do that, that they're giving their money to, are at, they're, they're not only not interested in helping us get equal protection for preborn babies, but they're actually using the funding from the church to make sure that our bill and bills like that never even make it out of committee. And uh, Merle Smith is actually on record for saying that. He said, I will never let this bill, or we so, have no, the South Carolina House has no intention of letting this bill out of committee. So, so Matt so Brock, Matt Brock, Equal Protection SC, but you're going around the legislature. You're going around all these groups. You're going straight to the pastors, aren't you? That's it, man. Jesus said, on this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, Lee, we just really believe it. EPSC, that until the church speaks out and until the church picks up the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and takes the Great Commission seriously and takes it to the House and the Senate of South Carolina, uh, child sacrifice will continue to be uh, be the standard in, in, in our state. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate you calling in. Uh, keep up keep up the fight, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Matt you, Rock, Lee. Equal Protection, SC. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle. 
vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.